the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Yes, it is. And welcome back Thursday, April 29th, 2021, as we head into our second of our daily three-hour tour. It is a delight to welcome back one of my favorite uh, new political uh, commentators. By new, I mean over the last, last couple of years, uh, Maggie Vanderberg. You follow her at Twitter, at Fog City Midge. Uh, I got to um, meet her via her parents, actually, whom I met on a trip to Israel a couple years ago. And uh, I have just been uh, enthralled with what she posts, what she does. She's an actor, an influencer, and a journalist. Uh, Maggie, welcome back to the show. Thanks for coming on today. Thanks so much for having me on again, Seth. Really appreciate it. I was watching some of your uh, tweeting uh, last night and this morning about the State of the Union, or what you what normally is called the State of the Union. It's just an annual message, to be technical. But... Um, but uh, I, I, I have so many things I want to follow up on what you posted because you were you were just you ate your Wheaties yesterday, <laughs> hey, Maggie. Oh my god! <laughs> Where to start? We the people is the Where government. To start? We the people is the oh government. Tell me about that. I was so triggered watching this speech last night. I have to use one of the left terms. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I know what you I mean. Was, I know what you mean. Oh, I was yelling at the TV. I was so upset. I could not believe. The back-to-back lies, the misleading, the uh, gaslighting coming from Joe Biden. And, yeah, I mean, it was just, it was absolutely an atrocious speech. Um, you know, but, yeah, that, that one statement was so crazy. I, I posted a video on it. Uh, I posted it at the time, and then I posted it this morning. Yeah. But I couldn't believe that Joe Biden is sitting up there and saying that we the people mm-hmm. actually means we the government. Yeah. And he said it with such emphasis, mm-hmm. like he actually really believed that. Oh, and then yeah. he said, that's, that's you and I, yeah. you know, that's the people here in this room. You know, he's looking around saying that we the people, it's us. Yeah. And my jaw dropped and I yelled at the TV because I, I think somebody needs to get Joe Biden a civics lesson because last time I checked, we the people is us, the American people. You know, we are our government, you yeah. know, that's the whole the beauty behind this this great uh, republic, our, this great American experiment. And Joe Biden, it, I, I couldn't believe that he said it. And I couldn't believe that somebody actually had the audacity to write that in a speech and put it up on a teleprompter. I know. Um, it, it's unbelievable. That's actually and, a very good know, point. So, you know, these speeches are vetted by all the departments and National Security Council and chiefs of, chief of staff, domestic policy. These speeches go through a lot of eyes, right? A lot of eyeballs, Maggie. Mm-hmm. And no one no one thought that was a problem. Not in this administration. No, they didn't. I, get, I think that's actually what they believe. They do believe that that they are the people. And this is how tyrants think and this is how they act, right? Like we are above you like the the common american you know we're in charge such here. an odd and that's thing. all yeah and it's, that's the, that's the attitude that we've seen from the biden administration since day one that is the progressive um, attitude that is the progressive attitude yeah. that there's no distinction uh between the two uh, entities the government and the people but 
you know what's interesting to me about this? You know, you can't think about the times we're in without thinking about some of the stuff that Joe talked about last night, including police, including race. If you want to think about government employees, how about starting with the police? Why couldn't he have talked about that? Why couldn't he have mentioned that? You know, when you're attacking the police, you're attacking the government. <laughs> you know, he could have. He could have. You're attack, You're attacking the people enforcing the laws that you voted for. He could have gone that way. That's the way I would have gone. But you know, I, I mean, that would have a lot more common sense and civic uh, civic responsibility to it. There's a lot of things I would have liked to see him do, but yeah, it's hard to believe. Um, there were so many elements in this speech that were just so off tonally, and and it's hilarious to me. And I, and one thing I just really want to point out to your audience is they're still trying to convince us that this guy is the most popular mm-hmm. president in history. That he got 80 million votes. And he's so popular. But if you look at the ratings, you know, Joe Biden had only 11.6 million people watching. And you compare that to, uh, you know, to Trump, who I think in his first year in 2017, his first address to the nation, he had 48 million people watching. And and you look at what they did on um, I always like to come back to social media and what's happening online. Right. And you, I was sitting there and I was kind of flipping between the different YouTube streams and I was seeing how many people were watching the different streams. Oh. And I like to check out. Yeah, that's an interesting thing. Did I, I, you may have hit mute by accident there, Maggie. Are you on mute by chance? So many dislikes so aggressively. I kept refreshing and then they capped it. They stopped the number of dislikes that were coming in and they capped it at 12,000 dislikes. <laughs> And you, no matter how many more people dislike the video, it didn't go above 12,000. And then this today, this morning, they adjusted that number and they ratcheted it down. So I think now it's at something like 4,500 dislikes. No so big tech is colluding with the Biden administration to obviously try to sell people on the idea that this guy's really popular, that people love him. He's not, you know, as disliked as he is. But I, I really think that the vast majority of Americans know that he is a fraud and they know that people don't like him. I even think that most Democrats don't like this guy. So um, it, it's, it's amazing the extent they will go to to try to convince Americans uh, otherwise. It is amazing. And so one of the other things on this that you pointed out, what was it? I don't have it in front of me. I think I saw it a little while ago, Maggie. You tweeted about the rating. Uh, it, yeah, well, there was an event with the vice president that no one showed up for or something on uh, a white. How was yeah. it? A white? Yeah. Tell us about that one, too. Same thing. So that was earlier today. Yep. Let me draw. I'm, I'm pulling up my Twitter right now. So, yes, earlier today, Vice President Harris gave her remarks. And in, as I always like to check out, you know, what's going on. They only had 685 people watching. And <laughs> the they <vice> had <laughs> online. I know. Online. And, okay. and, and they have, and, and think of that. This YouTube channel has close to 2 million subscribers. They've only got 685 people watching online, and they've got 2,600 dislikes. And keep in mind, I'm one of these 685 people watching. Sure. sure. I'm one of them. Sure. So, so half of those people are probably in the media. And you have to imagine nobody likes these guys. Nobody likes. Joe Biden, and nobody likes Kamala Harris. So uh, it, it's just unbelievable to see how, to what great lengths big tech will go to to try to, you know, obscure these numbers and, and, and bolster them. You know, this, they did the same thing early on when they came into the, um, they, were, they were basically giving them 
uh, Instagram and Twitter followers because mm. Joe Biden didn't have enough. <laughs> so they were all of a sudden overnight. He went from having like two million followers to close to 20 million followers, yeah, something right, like that. Right. And I remember just being like, this is crazy. And then and then I'm looking through my feed and I'm like, why am I following these accounts? I wasn't I, I don't want to be following this. And so many people said the same thing, that they were automatically subscribed to these channels that they weren't interested in following. So. It's um, it's just pretty unbelievable what's happening in our country right now. Well, that 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 issue of um, of uh, big tech involving themselves in propelling Biden's popularity as much as they can. Um, we didn't even get into big tech in the name of Twitter allowing allowing um, the trend of uh, Uncle Tim, right? I mean, Twitter didn't have oh. to allow that. They did not have to let that go for eleven hours or whatever it was. And, and that's what they normally do, right? If there's something trending on Twitter that is calls out the Democrats or, you know, exposes, you know, someone on the left mm-hmm. that they want to protect, they pull that down immediately. The New York Every Post story on happens. Hunter Biden was gone before the print edition came out. Yeah, it's unbelievable. And they'll hide it and they'll remove these trending hashtags. But if it's something to call out, uh, you know, or to mock or ridicule somebody on the right, they will actually push it to the top of their feed mm-hmm. so that they're making sure that more people are seeing these trending hashtags and, and then sort of add, adding gas to the fire, so to speak, to make sure that those stay trending. Um, it's completely manipulative, but this is nothing new from big tech. And, and I mean, we also see it even in the media, you know, just the CBS poll that came out That's today that said 85 yeah. percent approval yeah. of, of the Biden speech. And I'm sitting here like 85 percent approval. OK. Let's look into this, right? So I did a little investigation, and um, out of the 1,000 people that they polled, only 159 of them were Republicans. (laughs) So, I mean, you just you have to laugh. I mean, these things are so slanted, uh, but you know they're going to be pushing that number. Oh, 85% approval of Biden. Where CBS was able to find 180 Republicans. How do you like that? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) I know. well, this it's is why people point. have to listen to you or watch, uh, you know, follow you or listen to, to shows like this. They wouldn't know this. Other, I got. Can I keep you a little while or do you have to run? I have to take a break. Uh, no, I, I'll stick around. You're good for a while. Maggie Vandenberg, Fogs, better known as Fog, or also known as Fog City Midge, is our guest. You can follow her on Twitter at Fog City Midge or her website, FogCityMidge.com. I'm Seth Liebson. She's Maggie. We'll be right back. And we do. Thank you, sir. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. Delighted to have Maggie Vandenberg with us, Fog City Midge on Twitter, filmmaker, performer, independent journalist. Maggie, um, you used to be in San Francisco. You were very, um, very uh, prominent journalist in San Francisco, but you're no, you left California, huh? Sadly, I did. You know, it breaks my heart because I'm a fifth generation Californian. My heart and soul is in California. But the tyranny just got to be too much. I had to leave. Uh, and, and I'm sad about it because my whole family's out there. And, you know, it's it's absolutely atrocious what is happening in that state. And I think most people who haven't been to California recently, they can't actually wrap their head around just how bad it has become over the past year under these tyrannical lockdown measures instituted by Gavin Newsom and the Democrats out there. 
it's it's absolutely horrible. Um, so I, I recently moved. I had to get out. I moved Hopefully to, you um, haven't changed your residency officially enough yet so that you can't vote for a replacement for Gavin Newsom. I ha- well, no, I officially changed my okay. residency. Right. I wanted to do it as quickly all as possible. Right. All right, all right, you're a, pure. you're a purist. But... I, I, ha- I, I had to get out of there. I all right. To, but, you know, I, I'm a little bummed I won't be able to vote, uh, you know, for that in that election. Um, to, it know, is interesting, to though, a year out. from a year, but looking back a year, it's kind of interesting when you think about who the two most popular governors were, or at least the two most popular uh, anti-Trump uh, Democrats, and it by any measure had to have been Andrew Cuomo and Gavin Newsom, one of whom is now under federal investigation with nine sexual assault claims against him or sexual abuse claims against him. And the other is, I, I don't know if it's fair to say he's been recalled yet, I guess not, but they've certainly surpassed the signatures necessary to recall him by something on the order of several hundred thousand. It's amazing what has happened in a year once the veil was lifted, isn't it? Well, I, I think that they call this the Streisand effect. Ah. Uh, I, you know, the the it, it's like the Trump effect, right? The more you hate on Trump and the right, just it seems like I don't really believe in karma, but something bad comes back to you. Yeah. So it seems like it is, uh, you know, coming back on both of them. So, you know, it's it's nice to see some justice being served. Um, unbelievable in the instance of Andrew Cuomo, yeah. though, that they're yeah. they're they're getting him on these sexual assault yeah. allegations, yeah. and they're not getting him on the nursing home I desk. I mean, it's pretty unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Um, and yesterday yeah. there were all these stories uh, coming out from his administration that they deliberately suppressed the nursing home numbers. Uh, after yes, all, he did. had a book to promote, right? Oh, of course. And I mean, he's the media darling. Yeah. I mean, they were talking about, oh, I'm a, a Cuomo sexual. Mm-hmm. Remember all that? Yeah, like, I do. Just, it, the, just the adoration from the media for this guy is absolutely disgusting. Um, you know, ugh. All right. Talk to me about the talk to me about the opening of Biden's speech last night, because I got to tell you, I was offended from the get go. Let me just tell you opening lines. A hundred days since I took the oath of office, lifted my hand on our family Bible, inherited a nation that was in crisis. Were we a nation Mm -hmm. in crisis? He goes Uh, on. He goes on. Hold on. Before you answer, hold hold your fire a second. The worst pandemic in a century. Fair enough. The worst economic crisis since the Great Depression. I don't buy the worst attack on our democracy since the Civil War. January 6th with no weapons, with a few hundred crazies, the only Mm -hmm. death, one of the people who was going in in to riot. (laughs) Worse than the Civil War since since, since the Civil War. Since the Civil War. I couldn't believe it. I could not believe it. That, uh, I mean, I... I like what are you, most I of their arrest charges? Death, most of their arrest charges are trespassing, basic misdemeanors, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> most, most of them, to my understanding. But some people didn't even trespass, have been arrested. That's right. I mean, it's actually really frightening to see how, you know, this administration has weaponized the FBI to go after and target people that they want to, you know, politically prosecute and persecute, excuse me. And, you know, it's it's really disturbing. And I hear, you know, I know of people down here, I'm in Florida now, and there were people who were there that day who did not enter the Capitol who have been arrested um, and, and are being held without bail, and they don't know why they're being held. And so you just sort of wonder, like, what's happening and who's next? I mean, we see, we see Rudy Giuliani's apartment getting raided yesterday. Mm-hmm. I mean... 
And and is all of this just distraction? Because I don't remember, you know, major Democrats who have had massive scandals having their apartments raided, you know, and I'm sitting here just scratching my head, just shocked, you know. And of course, they I, my understanding is they didn't take the Hunter Biden laptop, which is the one thing that that they should have taken. Um, but yeah, it's just it, it was an unbelievable speech. And there were so many subtle attacks like that mm-hmm. against the right. And here's this guy who's sitting here and saying that, oh, we're going to unify the country and we need to come together. But you look at the language that he chose to use. And there was a section where he was talking about terrorism. And I he was he was talking about, you know, homeland security and, you know, um, what the intelligence communities do. And then he pivoted from talking about, you know, Al Qaeda and ISIS in the Middle East. And then he says, you know, our intelligence agencies have determined uh, what is the most lethal terrorist threat in um, in our homeland today. And but he was talking about with, you know, basically these, these Middle Eastern groups. And then he says white supremacy is terrorism. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so and so he basically kind of linked the two and and then is blaming white supremacy as terrorism and saying and then he goes into talking about George Floyd. Mm-hmm. And it's it's pretty unbelievable shift of the narrative because one the police are the, the Taliban. Case, the police are Al Qaeda. Yeah. That's 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 the exactly. analogy. Yeah. Exactly. And so you're basically heaping blame on a whole group of Americans who are completely innocent, you know, and you're heaping blame and saying white supremacy is terrorism. And, you know, the police are are going off and targeting people and they're hurting people. And, you know, there was nothing even in that case that would have indicated that race was was the driving motive. Uh, Or present at all, frankly, or present at all. What was said outside the courtroom by... Al Sharpton and 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 uh, some of the family members and the agitators and political activists was nothing like what was said inside the courtroom. The prosecutors did exactly. not bring up race, nor did the defense. It wasn't part yeah, the, of the case. It wasn't part of the case. And, you know, I kind of just want to do like if you want to like I, I can't believe that you can sit there with a straight face and say white supremacy is terrorism, mm-hmm. because last time I checked, you know, the Democrat-run Ku Klux Klan isn't actively running around and, and harming people these days. But I look at, you know, the definition of terrorism, you know, the use of violence and intimidation against civilians uh, in the pursuit of political aims. And I look and I go, you know, these groups like Antifa and BLM have actively gone out and, and basically been doing that and terrorizing our country over the past year. But instead, it's an attempt to pivot and point blame at a group of Americans I, I, I can't even point to like a white supremacy group. I'm sure they exist. Well, I I, Richard Spencer had R- Richard Spencer had one or has one. He was the organizer of the Charlottesville March, and lo and behold, guess who he endorsed for president in 2020? Joe Biden. There you go. That march there being the response, the the reason why Joe Biden got into the race in the first place. He said, "Do you, do you want to do one more segment, or do you got to run?" Uh, no, I'd love to do one more. I've still got more with this speech. Oh excellent, gosh, excellent, excellent. Hour. Maggie Vanderberg, we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Maggie Vandenberg is our guest. She is um, one of the uh, great uh, social media uh, influencers uh, for conservatism. She is a, uh, a great, just uh, <laughs> so energetic and so smart filmmaker, performer, independent journalist, formerly of California, 
now of Florida, and uh, we're kind of we're doing a public health service here, right, Maggie? Because we wanted you not to have to bottle all this stuff up and uh, let it uh, let it just internalize and eat you up inside. We're giving you we're giving you uh, we're giving you the ability to hear ex- ex- expatiate. Uh, all the problems from last night's speech. I, this is a public service uh, interview, basically. Uh, Maggie. Thank you. I appreciate welcome. it. I'm feeling I'm feeling a lot better just getting Good. it all out yep. there. No, um, we're well, here for you. Sometimes you just, just got to let it out. Yeah, well, we're we here for this. you anytime you need us. Anytime, Monday through Friday. Um, I, I think anybody watching that speech, though, who, you know, voted for Donald Trump, I think was feeling our pain as well. Uh, because it was just, it was so cringe start to end. I mean, you even have to analyze just the look of the room. I was I went back and I was watching Trump's State of the Union speeches, and they were packed, and there was so much energy. And Donald Trump really addressed, you know, the nation. He wasn't talking to just the people in the room. He was really speaking to the American people, although at times he would sort of single out and, and address an individual and highlight their story and talk about, you know, something, something interesting or profound or, or to honor that person. You know, they were such great American moments. Mm-hmm. And instead, I'm sitting there watching last night and thinking this has got to be the worst, you know, State of the Union or, you know, uh, address to the nation I've ever heard. It was more like a funeral for mm-hmm. America. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. Biden is just a complete embarrassment. And, that's and a great, that's a great her, point. Like, a funeral for America. Oh. He's very funereal. That's a real word. That's a good word. He come, he comes off like he's he's the head of a uh, of, of a funeral home, but he's doing something different. And Maggie, I swear, I I can't think of an administration. It started about in earnest two weeks ago when the U.S. ambassador to the U.N. was condemning America for having racism sewn into its fabric. And I was mm-hmm. making a point about this is the spokesman to the world for the United States, basically just uh, self-flagellating her country in front of the world. And then we got this from Kamala Harris. And then last night we got it again from Joe Biden. It's a very weird thing to have your president and vice president and U.N. ambassador make the case against the country they serve. I've just – I've never seen it. The closest thing I saw to it, the closest thing – was Barack Obama at the United Nations in 2014 when he did then what Joe Biden did last night. He compared the Michael Brown death in Ferguson to Islamic uh, terrorism abroad, kind of that that they they seem to like to do that. Um, But other than that, I have never seen a president and vice president run their country down in public so much. I've just never seen it. Yeah, you're you're exactly correct. And I remember, uh, uh, wasn't it with China then kind of turned back around at that at that group meeting that they had and they said, you know, well, why why are you calling out our country for what we're doing? You know, you guys are the ones with, you know, so racist and have all these problems. And, you know, they flipped it back on them. And it's like, yeah, if you're going to paint America as this horrible place with all of these problems, then it's sort of like, why don't you fix your own country before you start pointing fingers? But the, the, the difference is and the reality is, is that countries like China are actively going out and, you know, committing genocide against whole groups of people like the Uyghurs who are out there who, you know, I've interviewed several of them and their stories are absolutely tragic. And this is something that the mainstream media never wants to talk about. They never want to cover because largely they're owned by China and they don't want to be seen criticizing them publicly. Um, so, of course, other nations are going to use this to their advantage when it comes to them, you know, wanting to point the finger, well, the U.S., you guys aren't so great, are you? You even said so yourself, Joe Biden. 
And then, you know, you have to wonder, like, is our country ever going to stand up for ourselves and what makes us great and get back to that place? Or is it just going to constantly be, oh, we are so terrible. But this has been this has been sort of happening for a long time is this negative portrayal of America, both in what they're doing via the Marxism being taught in the schools and, you know, what's being perpetrated throughout the media. And, you know, now we've got a president and a vice president who are sitting up there and they're and they're repeating, you know, these points. And it was funny, though, then to see Joe Biden shift and talk about, you know, we're going to make America this amazing place. And and then he starts sounding a, a lot like Trump and trying to take credit or at least try to try, try to spin some of these Trump ideas. You know, we're going to lower drug prices. I'm like, Trump did that. He's like, we're going to focus on jobs for more Americans. I'm like, Trump did that. But you're the one kind of killing jobs over here. And then he's saying, we're going to bring back American manufacturing. Yeah. And I'm like, Trump did that. Yeah. And then in the in the next line, he says, and we're going to make sure that we have $15 an hour minimum wage. And I just, I just had to yell at the ceiling because I'm thinking, you know, there goes, you know, every restaurant in America, you know. After this, having this such is, a great year in the first place, yeah. Right. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, it, and then he also was criticizing how, you know, we had the largest wealth transfer in history last year. And I'm sitting there just yelling because the reason we had the largest wealth transfer is because of Democrat policies where they shut down the little guy and small businesses, Ma and Pa own, you know, independent businesses all across the country. Yet you were still always allowed to go to Costco, to shop at Amazon, to shop online uh, and and to go to the, the big grocery stores, to go to Whole Foods and to go to, you know, Safeway. And I'm sitting here just scratching my head like, how can these people continue to get away with this level of of deception and manipulation of the American people. And I, I just, I do think the one silver lining is I think a lot of people are waking up. They're waking they're up to it. And think, oh. Yeah, they're waking up to it. And I think we have millions of Americans who are like, hey, you know, I maybe wasn't paying attention, but I didn't vote for this. I'm seeing my gas prices. I'm seeing what's happening in, in my business. And, you know, this, this is wrong. The, uh, we all need to go back and, and re- reread uh, George Orwell and his essay on politics and propaganda. But, you know, he did this throughout, Maggie, and I think part of the answer, how do they get away with this? They get away with this with sentences like this. He said last night, quote, two million women have dropped out of the workforce during this pandemic. Mm. Two million. He repeated it. Um, could it be that their businesses were shuttered? Could it be that too many state governments closed down the places where they work? including schools, restaurants, and other, um, other, other stores, uh, other small businesses. Um, the notion that this just happened, two million have dropped out of the workforce passively, is, is, is nonsensical. Women were doing the best under Donald Trump that they have ever had done before when it came to employment and increased earnings. It was the pandemic's reaction, the reaction to the pandemic, that shut all of that down. And that was done by yeah. Democrats. That was not done by Republicans. Exactly. It was done heavily in Democrat states, in Democrat cities. And, you know, and also when they chose to keep the schools closed, all of a sudden women who maybe had a, had a job, all of a sudden were like, I can't go to work because I need to stay at home with my kids. You know, they don't have anywhere to go. I can't leave my children alone. Yep. You know, my nephews were out of school for nearly 365 days i think it was like 350 days something like that 
And then they finally allowed them back in school in California, but they're only allowed to go two days a week for two hours with masks. And I'm sitting there like, this is not a return to normalcy. And these decisions are also not being based on any kind of science or data. But, you know, the Democrat Party still won't take any kind of ownership. It's like they created this thing, this narrative, and now they'll never admit that they're wrong. And they're just carrying on with it instead of, you know, as Ron DeSantis pointed out, like admit that you're wrong and then kind of move on. But they won't. They're just continuing on with this lunacy and it's destroying people's lives it's destroying businesses it's you know people are are, their relationships are failing people are becoming suicidal children are not getting an education they're depressed It's, it's literally ruining millions of people's lives in states like california and new york but the democrat party they seem like they could care less they they barely even spoke about i don't even think joe biden addressed getting open no, 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 they don't rest. They don't stop. There's a scene in Jaws where Richard Dreyfus says these great whites, all they do is swim and eat and make little sharks. That's the Democratic Party. That's all they do. They swim and eat and make little sharks. Maggie, you're the best. I'm glad we could save your uh, mental health today. I really do appreciate you coming on. We're talking. We were, have been talking to Fog City Midge, also known as Maggie Vanderberg. You can um, follow her on Twitter at Fog City Midge. Let's Let's make it uh, let's make it less time between visits. Yes, Maggie. Sounds great, Seth. Always great to speak with you. My parents say hi. God bless. And my mom wanted me to let you know that she loved your book. Oh, that's so sweet. Thank you, Maggie. Please send my best. And God bless you. Be well. Let's stay in touch. God bless. I'm Seth Liebson. Six zero two five zero eight zero nine six zero. We'll be right back. Did you know that foam roofs here in the valley are a great option for many homes? Seth Liebson here for Trades Unlimited. Not only do foam roofs help insulate from extreme Arizona heat, but they also help insulate your home from exterior noise. And most importantly, they protect your house from water leaks. Trades Unlimited is great for all your roofing needs and particularly right now. Foam roofing. Protect your roof before the foam beneath the coating gets compromised. The hot summer sun is a perfect time to do it now. Trades Unlimited has an A-plus rating at the BBB and has been in business in Arizona for almost 30 years. I've been down to their warehouse. I've met them. They are great people with a great work ethic, quality of craftsmanship, quality of person. That's what Trades Unlimited is all about, quality and service. Don't wait until it's too late. Call my friends over at Trades Unlimited at 480-483-1775. That's 480-483-1775. Or find them online at tradesunlimited.com for all your roofing needs. And make sure and tell them I sent you. Uh, 602-508-0960. Rachel, hi. Hi, Beth. Thanks for taking my call. Um, so yesterday, I did not listen to Biden's speech, but um, I'm a teacher, and my school had implicit bias training. And um, one of the activities that we had to do during this implicit bias training was do a Google search for CEO. And then another one was do a Google search for professional. Mm-hmm. 
and or do a Google search for professional hairstyle. Okay. And then, and so, what do you see when you do this Google search? And everyone commented, "Oh, everyone's white. They're all white males." You know, you do a search, and all the images come up as predominantly older white males. And so, that was supposed to be this eye-opening, like, you know, this is how, this is how biased, you know, everything is in our country. And my my biggest comment, or my you know, my biggest frustration with this whole thing was that who controls? Google searches, you know. Yeah, no, can you hold on? Uh, I got to take a break here. This was a shorty. Uh, Let's talk about this on the other side because it really is an amazing thing. Rachel, I'm glad you're attuned to this. It's amazing how involved these social media companies are with shaping our politics in ways we don't even realize. There were laws against – there were laws against subliminal advertising in television. All of social media is one big subliminal advertisement, at least – when they're not being overt, they're being subliminal. It's it's not to be trusted. We'll talk about that more when we come back. Six zero two five zero eight zero nine six zero. Be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson's show. Rachel and Goodyear. Rachel, thanks for waiting. Um, go ahead and propose uh, your question again the way you, you set it up in our last segment for those that are just uh, rejoining us, Rachel. Well, my question, you know, for for people who are so obsessed about how our country is so racist and even doing an Internet search, you know, you're bombarded with this, you know, this bias that mm-hmm. only – white people can be professionals or CEOs or whatever. Um, it's the tech giants. I mean, they're the ones that are controlling the search algorithms anyways. You know, if you do a search for a conservative, uh, you know, a lot of the first options that come up are all, you know, pretty negative. But if you do a search for, you know, any leftist, mm-hmm. you know, they're all positive reviews. So if they're controlling the search algorithms, you know, these these tech companies are supposed to be they, they're so woke, you know, so progressive. Yeah. But but yet, you know, you have these people that are conducting these bias training, and they're not. They're so blind to the fact that that these companies that they probably look up to or appreciate, you know, for shutting down, you know, conservative or what what they think are white supremacists. But these same tech companies. If they're controlling the search algorithms, they're controlling everything, and people are just blind to the fact that, you know, they're just barking at the wrong tree or they're angry at the wrong people. It it was just a really frustrating experience. Oh, well, I I mean, Rachel, it is. And, And what people don't understand about all this is how much manipulation there is that's going on in these search engines or just on Twitter. You know, I I was slow to say this. I don't think I've ever said it, and it's not that big of a deal because it's probably been a lot of people's experiences. But I'll tell you, I I don't have a ton of Twitter followers, but I have noticed on any given day when I say something that pushes what I gather pushes things these days, I notice I lose a few every day when I do that. Um, Mm -hmm. And I notice that people I follow and like to follow who are kind of interested in the same thing, they're not showing up in my feed. And I go and check and see what they're up to. There they are. They're writing. It's just not showing up in my feed. I think there's a lot of manipulation going on. 
And uh, I was talking to someone the other earlier this morning. He said, you know, they just turned off turned off their TV and they feel so much better now. And I'm a big proponent of that. It's harder to turn off social media. You have to really go into it knowing what you're doing. I really think so. I think it's a dangerous place, but I think it's an important place. And, uh, and, and, and I, I just, I, you and I and others have to just really educate people about what they're getting there though. Exactly. And nobody should let a Google search determine how they feel about themselves. Because I am a minority female and I never once had Google search tell me that I couldn't be, you know, a professional. (laughs) You know, it's just, it's really sad, the message that is being taught to teachers. And there are so many teachers who are like, this is great information. We need more training about this. Rachel, you're the best. Thank you. Thank you, Seth. You betcha. Your show here on out, 602-508-0960. Open lines, anything you want to talk about, Biden, Scott, something else. That's why we're here, 602-508-0960.